Welcome to episode 10 of the Sunday Conversation podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron across the table from me in some new digs. It's my co-host Ben. Benny, how was your week, buddy? Week was good. Week was good. Um, yeah, I'm breathing fresh mountain air, buddy. So where, so where, where are you at right now? I'm in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, just sitting on the, uh, on the edge of the National Elk Refuge, just, just hanging out. Honestly, kind of, no. kind of sounds awful. Um, so why don't, um, why don't you give a little background information how in a week you went from being in Dallas, Texas to Jackson Hole, Wyoming? Well, it was, uh, I guess I just, a little opportunity opened up and uh, obviously we, we got all the stuff going on down in, in, in Dallas. And if, for people that don't know, I, I like to build things. And um, so as of late, like, you know, I went down to Dallas to build the liquor store mm-hmm. and we got that thing open and it's, it's absolutely cranking right now. And uh, so now we have a little lull before our next project. So yep. I, uh, I had an opportunity to come up here um, with uh basically a, a close family friend uh, i call him an an, an uncle um yep. to to build a big deck up here and 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 do a job so uh talked with old uh trev my boss down there in in texas and, and it was just like hey man uh things are a little slow right now because i was just like you know working at the at the stores and right. um i was like i got a, a chance to to go build some stuff up in uh, Jackson Hole. So he was like, absolutely, man. I'm so jealous. Go for it. And uh, so it was kind of just like quick. And I think, you know, the times allowed it. So, uh, so here we are. But uh, so, so how was uh, how was your drive up? I always find it fascinating, because obviously, when I when I moved to California, my way out, you know, was a I didn't play in any of the road trip. The kid that came out with me, uh, my buddy Matt, um, planned the whole thing, which was awesome because I would have probably just buzzed straight to California, but he planned, you know, stops for us along the way. But I always find it interesting to hear people's like road trip stories because I think, I think people like do it differently from each other in the sense of like depending on kind of your personality, like what you're going to stop and see, how much you're going to stop, what interests you along the way. So how was, uh, how's the drive up there? Uh, drive, the drive was really like really good. It was, uh, it was sunny both days. Um, it was like, so my thing was like going into it. I had no, like, I didn't have like any sort of like rush to put on. Um, so it was like, well, I'm just going to meander along and, and just like, and whatever. So I left Dallas on, uh, on Wednesday and, I drove to Colorado Springs and visited my, my two teammates, um, from college. Uh, they live like just up the road from each other. So it was like, yep. perfect. and, um, so stayed with them and then <clears throat> got a tour. Um, my, my teammate Cody Ayers from college, he, uh, gave me a, t- he, he was born in Colorado Springs. Yep. So brought me all over Colorado Springs on, uh, on Thursday morning it was so cool, dude. There's a freaking NORAD has a, has a base inside a mountain 
in Colorado Springs. I swear to God. I believe you. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like driving with Cody. He's like, yeah, there's a, there's a, a base. NORAD's got its command center inside that mountain. I'm like, what? There's a, like, and I was just like, so for the rest of the, the ride, I'm like Googling stuff. Like, <laughs> telling him all these facts about this command center. He's like, oh, no way. There's like, there's three lakes inside the mountain. One, a diesel fuel lake, and then three lakes inside the mountain, man-made. Really? Yeah, it's called the Cheyenne Mountain. Um, is lake. that is that so it could be like self-sustaining if anything the, ever goes crazy? It, the, the reason is, is it's like uh, United States and Canada's like, that's like the top, that's like we're all the top, I guess like um, defense stuff happens or whatever. It's like, yeah. just like the, the reason they created it from, from Google um, was it, it was so far from the coasts of the United States. So, uh, you know, to, you know, for a long range missile attack, it'd be hard yeah. you know, to get there. And uh, so they had two, two mountains chosen in Colorado and uh, they wanted the mountain that was, so they're both granite formations. Yeah. So the, the engineers chose the one that was um, less veiny. So they went with the Cheyenne Mountain. And then right below that is Peterson Air Force Base. And then, the, you know, the U.S. Air Force Academy um, right. Is, is right down the road. So like really, really fascinating, beautiful town, beautiful scenery. And uh it was just awesome. So that was just absolutely stunning. But um, like to obviously rewind, you know, the majority of the ride from Dallas to, to Colorado was through Texas. And uh, right. so as I started going west, man, I was like, there was a couple times when even my mom called me one time and I was like, like short with her and I'm like wait why am I like why am I being short I was trying to like get off the phone because I was so I had gone like 40 miles hadn't seen a soul yeah um and all I had in the back of my mind was like man like thank god you know you know knock on wood I have a you know a good vehicle that I can rely on and you know I had plenty of gas because dude if you I could not even the whole time. I'm just thinking, what if this was the middle of August? It was 120 degrees out here. Yep. I hadn't, I hadn't seen a tree in, in 30 miles. I'm, All I'm, I'm just on a road. Like, I'm just thinking like whoever gets trapped out here is, is frying to death. Yeah. Like, yeah. and uh, so at that point I was just like, all right, let's get out of this little desert area. Right. And then uh, I'm, but, I mean, that was just me just like, obviously like just thinking, but it, it, it truly is weird when in broad daylight, you don't see another vehicle and you can see 10 miles ahead of you. So, you know, right. there's not another car coming either. Yep. Yep. And uh, so it was just like, it was just so funky, like being in a, like a city, like as most humans kind of live in a city, it's like you don't realize how big and vast the world is. It's like, you know, there's one little tiny like ranch, like station, not even like a home. 
you know and it's like oh what do they ride their like i don't know i guess nowadays probably most farmers ride like those utility vehicles not really like shit but even so it's just like to think there was that much land just like untouched and like dude it's it's uh i mean you bring that up you've done it you've you've been through you know so i i had driven i had always driven from texas i had road trip to texas twice before yeah so we'd always gone like you know i'd seen kansas you know like flat flat just like you could drive for a hundred miles an hour for a long time but it was still like i don't know it's like hard to say because it was almost like there's more people driving that route yeah you know so it's like at least well it's it's more it's more densely populated part of the country i mean i when we when we were heading out to california we spent a night in utah uh we stayed at this fucking unreal hotel at uh, monument valley national park it's like i mean if you don't know what monument valley national park is google it you've seen it in a million movies a million advertisements it's it's been used in so many different like old western type movies um google it's stunning but we stayed in this hotel that was like in the park but we got there was the middle of the night so you couldn't see like your surroundings and then we had a a, like a patio out behind our hotel room and we walk out at sunrise and it's just it's just flat desert and then there's just these giant mesas sticking out all over the place and it was like it was so cool because we didn't see any of it at night when we got there and then you wake up in the morning and it's like being in this alien landscape but the reason i brought that up is because the next day after we did a you know we drove around monument valley national park we went to the grand canyon and uh because it's relatively close grand canyons in like kind of northeastern arizona and monument valleys in southeastern utah um but so you have to drive through like navajo country to get to grand canyon dude we must have driven 150 miles and didn't see a fucking soul like didn't see any anybody nothing like no gas stations no groceries just nothing just road a one lane road on each side and desert and that's it and i had the same thought you did i was like dude if you break that, I mean, we were, this was in January. So for us, it, you know, it wouldn't have been that bad. It was probably 55 degrees out. Um, but I thought the same thing. Like if you got caught out here in the middle of the summer, like in, in the other thing too, is I have AT&T with no self-service for dozens yeah. and dozens and dozens of miles. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely like parts here and there, of the ride, but, uh, but, Hey, going back to that, it's like, it also makes you realize it's like, think about how many little cities there are in, in the West, in these desert towns that had just been popped up. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, like, I know the argument on the other side would be like, well, you know, there's no, no utilities or, you know, facilities out there. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that overpopulation is a thing, like get out of town. Because you could have built a hundred giant cities, you know, you can plant trees, you can, you know, you can create shade, you can, you know, find water or whatever. It's just, it's just amazing to think that like, we, we feel we're so like densely packed in, but then in the grand scheme of things, it's like the vastness of the United States is it's like unfathomable. It's like, it's, it's insane. 
But um, so I guess, so moving on now, it's like, so spent the time in, in Colorado Springs. Then I left, I left Colorado Springs at like, you know, 1130 or something. And I rolled into Jackson Hole at like 745 that um, Friday night or whatever, or Thursday night. But uh, the most frustrating part of the drive was leaving Denver, going up to Fort Collins and then like beyond into Wyoming. So this like three hour stretch was the windiest like drive I've ever been on to the part to like to the point where it was frustrating to drive because you couldn't just like drive you're constantly holding the wheel right yeah. or, or whatever to like hold the truck in the lane um i posted on my instagram story i was coming up over this little like hill into wyoming these wind gusts would like blow me like into the other lane like halfway like significantly right. and sure enough coming up the hill uh there's a tractor trailer a semi truck and it, the wind got the back end and it blew the trailer over. And it was weird. The cab stayed upright. Like, I don't know how those was connect. It, was the, was the, uh, was the trailer empty? I mean, I'm guessing it had to have been, Probably empty, had to but, have been right? but on the flip side, then I, like I had never seen in my life, all these signs and like, so all going through this, like, you know, four hour ride, there's like, different areas where it looks like those like railroad track, like um, the uh, warning, the guards yeah. that come down yep. to not let you drive. And there there's these things all over the highway and they legitimately shut the highway down um, if it's too windy. So uh, when I was driving, it was on all the boards, it was reading 60 plus mile an hour gusts, um, uh, ultra lightweights and or something another like some specific style of trailer were not allowed to be on the road oh, and then wow. and then like um trailers over x amount of tonnage were were okay to drive so like you mostly only saw like the tractor trailers i'm guessing that had like a heavy load in them right but right. yeah but you know, it shut because the, the way it blew over, it blocked the entire highway. So right. I mean, that sucks. That was definitely a nice three-hour wait for the for the kind people. Just yeah, those highways place. too. Those highways too out west. I mean, I'm assuming yours is they're they're typically like two lanes on both right, sides. Right. Exactly. It was a two-lane highway, so they're not major interstates that have you know four or five lanes. Um, no, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Um, Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed the ride, man. Well, I was just like, oh, it was so – well, th that was the thing. It was, like, frustrating because it was this beautiful, sunny day. It was right. a beautiful, sunny day with, like, 100-mile-an-hour winds. It's just like, where, <laughs> right. where is this wind coming from? Like, right. you know, and I get it. It's just, like, the landscape. And also, we can talk about the wind farms, man. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah. I mean, you see those, I don't know how much is going on up in Connecticut, but they got these, the arms of these, these windmills that are like 300 feet long. Oh shit. Just the arm. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, however long it's like insane. And then to like drive around and see 
hundreds and thousands of these. It's like the work that goes on, like they got these cranes out there, like, you know, hanging these things. And it's like, yeah. this is nuts. Like this is, if you drove up to it, you would look at it like this, just an absolutely enormous structure. Yet they're just popping them up like, you know, all well, it's, over the place. It's funny because I always laugh at this going over the, the Q Bridge, now the Pearl Harbor Memorial Bridge in New Haven. There's one. There's just one random one and it's like out there and you'll see it spinning. It's like, it's, it seems to me like they put it up and they're like, yes, not really worth it. You know, but we'll leave this one up to make it look like we're trying to harvest uh, wind energy. But I noticed that too out West is that those things are, they're, they're fucking everywhere. Um, Besides that. And then so, there was a, some one or two solar fields that I drove by that had to have been like, like five miles long. Like, yeah. you know, like we're talking areas like I mean, break it down like the little the little uh, the little handheld solar pack that charges your phone. Yep. Like this was times like a hundred million. It yeah. Was like, you know, it was crazy. So there's a there's a gigantic solar field if you're driving. I think it's southwest out of Las Vegas. Um, I drive leaving Las Vegas heading back to San Diego. There's a fucking. It must be. It must be. I don't know a mile deep. And then it just continues going on the highway for probably a mile or two, too. It's insane how many fucking solar panels I have out there. But, but I mean, if you, like you said earlier, if you're not going to inhabit the land, um, you might as well harvest the earth's energy in, in some way, shape or form, which it actually like, not to get too far off topic, but it like gives you um, solace that like, we as a, as a, as a population are starting to try and move towards like alternative sources of energy, um, that are renewable, you know? Totally. And, and even my thought to that was like, okay, then I was like breaking it down in my head. I'm like, all right, Ben, I'm sure they have some sort of like frictional gearing ratio that like, if that thing even turns like half a turn, it's generating like, you know, X amount of energy Yep. You know what I mean? So it's actually probably doing something. But then, I mean, once these things start going, right. it's like you're, you're, you're really start. Then it got me thinking like, okay, there's all these like hundreds and hundreds from that I can see like right here of these, um, you know, I'm, I'm completely. Uh, Windmills? Structure. The, you know, what do you mean? Wind yeah. turbines? The wind turbine. So then each one's got like a pipe that just runs down into the ground. Right. So I'm like looking around, like where is the collection station? Right. So I'm guessing like all of this stuff is just like, there's a whole underground network, you know, going from each, you know, wind turbine. And then, um, you know, they're pumping it somewhere, but they're, they're, they're getting energy for sure. And then it was interesting to see how like, they would set them up. So like, we're getting this crazy, crazy, I don't know what it would have been. I guess it would have been an, an Eastern, an Eastern wind. So like a couple of the windmills would be angled, like catching the wind from, you know, that particular, particular, like um, drift or whatever. Yeah. But then there's like 10 windmills sitting right there that aren't turning at all. Cause they're like cockeyed a little bit. Right. Right. So I'm guessing that, Throughout the day, there's probably 
just different currents and patterns or whatever that that i don't know i'm sure there's some engineering behind it (laughs) so so uh so obviously this is being an audio podcast no one can see you other than me but what uh ben's got a a nice white wrapped hand with a with a what looks like a fresh bandage what uh what happened there uh I, i already got my first uh jackson hole um brand (laughs) took a took a long bike ride yesterday in the uh in the national elk refuge and there was this like drainage ditch so we like i was like biked around this drainage ditch but you had to like it was so weird you had to like stay way on the edge of this little like pipe so i was like i was like focused on the pipe and then there was a freaking a metal mile marker sign on the right hand side of this little trail that was bent yeah so it was like bent towards me and i just literally like it it is borderline disgusting It, it there's essentially like the webbing in between my pinky and my middle finger is completely it's like gone so I'm huge anti-hospital guy. So I obviously, I got some, uh, you know, all the proper stuff, everything yeah. they use in, in the, uh, you know, like that, that like iodine, whatever yeah. special solution. And uh, did a little, uh, a tailgate, a tailgate surgery. Um, I mean, cleaned it all up. I mean, it's fine now. It really is fine, yeah. but it, it, it's, it's, it's grimy, but I played, yeah. I played in the, I played in the federal hockey league. So, I mean, nothing, nothing really frightens me. I've yeah, seen you're, you're going to have gangrene in a week and have to chop that finger off, but Hey, that's, you know, Jack Daniels went out that way too. So it's all, uh, it's all good. Um, at least you'll know I'm living dude. Yeah. Well, that's what matters. Right. Um, God. Yeah. So Ben and I actually had significantly less communication this week than we normally do for, for, reasons uh aforementioned um but we did talk on um was that wednesday or thursday thursday uh it was thursday morning yeah yeah so we talked thursday morning um this conversation started about something unrelated but uh benny called me and we just started you know i asked him how his drive was going all that stuff and he had brought up to me that you know he was just in a great mood being out in nature just you know singing and all that stuff and so something we kind of wanted to talk about was like the almost like healing power so to speak of nature and what like being nature um can do for you yeah totally and i also think it's not only just that it's like getting your your mind to understand that you know you don't have to be out in nature to you know necessarily get the effects from it it's like if you can start to just appreciate like you know whatever maybe it's a tree in a city park you know what i mean that that you just like oh that's a tree but like if you really start to think about it like okay that's a tree that's literally a living thing and if you go stand next to that tree for a few minutes you i guarantee you you would feel better even like if you're in a bustling downtown city you know what i mean and it just truly you know it's a cool like a really neat thing um yeah so when uh, when we were talking the other day i 
I brought up um, a story uh, about when my when my time was ending in California, which you know one one of these days uh, we'll talk about that kind of that whole story um, in in full because I keep like talking about p- bits and pieces of it. But anyways, while I was out there, one of my one of my things that I really wanted to do was go visit uh, Zion National Park in Utah. Um, it was kind of always towards the top of my list of places to go in the United States. And it's about a seven hour drive from San Diego. Um, so once I had decided I was going to have to move back to Connecticut, the weekend before I moved back, I, I went up to uh, Zion for a couple days. And um, it was really important for me to do that because not only a just like crossing it off my list and, and getting to see it, but at the time I was depressed, anxious, totally uncertain about my future. You know, I thought I had just set my life back years. Uh, I really didn't know what was going to happen. I was totally beside myself and, you know, what people were going to think of me and going to Zion, bringing the dog, you know, it's $25 to get into fucking Zion National Park, which seems like the best deal on the planet. Um, And then just parking the car at different points in the, in the park. And I left my, I would leave my phone in the car, didn't bring headphones, nothing. And I was just like totally in nature wandering around with the dog. And I think taking the technology part of, out of it was great because it, it took away all the distractions and it, it stripped it all away and left me with my thoughts in nature, uh, you know, in this totally foreign place I'd never seen, but stunning, stunningly beautiful place I'd never seen before. And uh, it forced me to just kind of reconcile, reconcile all the, the stuff I was going through in my head. And when I left, you know, late the next day, I was in a much better mental space than I was when I got there because, you know, I had forced myself to be minimalistic. I had nothing. I was just, it was me and nature. And that, uh, that single-handedly put me in a better mood and gave me a better perspective. I mean, some of those feelings came back, but, but in that moment, I was at peace with my decision um, so I, I think it can't be overstated how important finding peace within nature is and, and forcing yourself to actually be in it and strip away all the bullshit that we deal with on a, uh, on a daily basis that distracts us from our issues, you know? Yeah. And I think like what you just said there, you were talking about just f- like finding that nature and like, like, you know, finding that peace. Well, I think that nature probably allows you to kind of work on your inner peace, you know, like from what, from what that sounded like, it's like you were uncertain about your life. Um, You were thinking negative about your, yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. But here you detach, you know, you're with your dog who dog spelled backwards is God. Mm -hmm. You're, you're now in this, you're in this place of, of nature and, you essentially are were so desensitized from those like we'll call them vibrations and that you were caught up in your own mind whereas okay now you go into this place of harmony right and you kind of like bring back you know it helps you realize okay well if i have to go do this at least i know that this exists yeah and that okay the next time i'm feeling like this maybe i just need to come somewhere like this you know what i mean then and then that'll help you kind of like resync um you know your 
ideologies, your thought processes on everything. It's like, all right, well, here, I've seen it. I've been here. I know how this makes me feel. Um, I know that just by being here, you know, I'll be at peace. So yep. let's keep on living and whatever, you know, comes, comes up, you know, I'll know that I'll, whatever can come back here. Or, that's, that's a perfect segue uh, into something else. And you and I had talked about this. I think we were doing, I think it was when we were doing, um, when we were testing Zoom over Skype, you know, we, we talked on a Friday night for an hour or whatever about um, kind of just random stuff just to kind of see how Zoom would work in comparison to, to Skype for recording this. But I had asked you. No, no free ads. Skype sucks. No, no free ads. Zoom, you better start paying us for, for our services. Um, I had asked you what you thought your spiritual home was. Um, and, and by that, what I mean is, I don't know if everybody thinks this way. I mean, it may just be kind of the, the hippie in me and you, but um, you know, I have found places um, on this planet that when I go to, they just, I leave and feel energized. I feel, you know, recentered, refocused afterwards um, and, and kind of in different ways too. Um, so you know, I had asked you what your, what your spiritual home was. Um, and mine for me has always been, it's been a cut. There's a couple places I would say. Um, uh, one being San Diego, you know, even though things didn't work out for me there, I'll always have a special place in my heart. And there's something about the energy on, um, you know, those beaches and in those Hills that, that makes me feel alive. Uh, the other being your family's beach house in Rhode Island being down there always, always, you know, was special for me. And, you know, we had a lot of good times, but at the same time too, there was something special about sitting out on that deck, looking over the water and just kind of processing, totally. processing life. Um, totally. But, you know, I kind of went over my two most, most important ones. What, uh, what do you feel your, your spiritual homes are? Well, when you had asked me that, I said, I said, Jackson hole. And yeah. the reason I, I wasn't just saying it, I came out here. Uh, let's see. 2018 I came out I, sk I skied out here with a couple couple buddies um a kid from from Vernon lived out here and it was like whoa whoa and um so then since I had you know I had gone to Breckenridge Colorado so I had mm -hmm. seen you know different parts of Colorado went to Lake Tahoe and like Lake Tahoe was, was stunning. Um, the lake was like, I mean, nothing I've ever seen in my life, but still the vibe was very like touristy and it, it's still like, you know, it didn't really feel like a, a place of Zen, but that first time I ever came out to Jackson, I was like, Holy moly. And then I came out last year again, and, uh, I mean, I, I've been, I mean, ask any of my, my close friends and it's like, this is, this is the place that I always uh, like talk about. And, um, it, there's just some sort of special energy here. And, yeah. uh, it's like, I don't know, I, I was craving it. And, but, you know, I'm not saying there's not a million more places like this in the world, but, uh, just, you know, for my interests and stuff, it's like, love being outside. Um, I like building stuff. I like to ski. I like to ride my bike. Um, 
that all those things on top of just like this feeling of like inner peace, you know, of just like, wow, like take a deep breath and like, look at the grand Tetons. Right. And it's like, it's, it's an awesome feeling. And that's not to say, like, I mean, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe Jackson and I are in the honeymoon phase right now. Sure. Um, so like all things in life, I think that's, it's just mostly about, you know, whatever, being in the moment and, and, and taking it, you know, for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, if you have opportunities, take them, you know, if you think for one second, I just like got up and did this without like having second thoughts, like you're wrong. Like this was like a, a battle. Like I literally left, you know, left one of my, my best buddies who was my boss, you know, a killer job, an awesome job, you know, that, that people would be envious of and was like, Hey man, I got this other, other gig and uh, you know, not another gig, another opportunity. Sure. And that's the thing. It's like nothing in life is like certain. So it's like, you know, that's why, I, you know, I didn't burn any bridges. It was like a completely like a mutual thing. He's like, I completely understand it. He's like, go for it. You know, which is like that, that was the best, that was the best feeling about all of it. He's like, yeah. Ben, you, you always have a job here working for us. He's like, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm jealous. He's like, I can't just do that. Yep. He's like, that's awesome. And, and to me, that's like, that was the coolest part about it. Like knowing that that was who I worked for, you know, or, you know, man, we're 30 years old. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this right now, if you have a parent who's still working in their fifties, maybe even sixties, like, think about that. Think about how much life you have. It's right. like, we, we've, we got a liquor store open, you know, and it's crushing it at age 30. So yeah. it's like, you know, if I go take off for a couple months to, or whatever it may be, you know, it's like to go build something else. It's not like I'm just like leaving that in the rear view and like kissing it goodbye. It's like, no, I, I got something going on there. You know, it's like always have some options and, uh, you know, that's, that's basically where I'm at. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think, um, I think the weird thing about age is like, you know, time, time is this totally human construct, right? Without humans, time doesn't, doesn't exist. really exist. You know, we, we, we needed time to measure, you know, what we were doing as a civilization, but in reality, the universe doesn't know time. We know time. Um, and I think there's been this like kind of longstanding stigma around, you know, crossing over decade barriers that you should be changing as a person, right? You know, your twenties, your early twenties, you're, you're young, you're having fun, you're doing stupid, irresponsible shit, but you know, it's all part of the experience. You're mid to late twenties. You start to transition a little bit where, you know, maybe you're having a couple more nights in or you're going to dinner parties or you're doing a little bit less, you know, reckless shit your thirties or when, you know, you start to whatever, build a family, put a life together for yourself. And it's weird because like, that's the stigma of the whole thing, but like, that's what we make it out to be. And we almost like judge people who don't 
necessarily fit into those roles. Like, you know, uh, someone who's 35 that, you know, has maybe been working the same job for 10 years that they don't love. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, he's still doing that. And it's like, well, you know, he's 35. He's got 30 more years left in the workforce. He's got plenty of time to change his stripes if he so chooses. But we put like these, these mile markers, so to speak, on, um, on your age and if you're not there, it gives you a sense of anxiety. And I think that's totally unfounded. The, the more I've learned as I've gotten older is you've got plenty of time. You just need to make the most of it. Um, set out what you want to do and just go do it. And like you said, if, if there's an opportunity you're unsure about, and now granted there should be some qualifiers there, you know, we're both 30 young, single, don't have kids. So it's a little bit easier for us, but if you can make it work and you get an opportunity you truly want to take, just do it. If it doesn't work out, take it from me. As somebody who had something major didn't work out, it's not the end of the world. It may set you back a little bit, but at the end of the day, it'll change who you are as a person. It'll give you more perspective and, and life will go on and you'll find your way. Totally, 100%. And then on top of that, if you want to you know, hedge your bet, be a good person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like be a good person at, to the to the people that are present that are current in your life yeah. so that okay so then when said opportunity arises it's not like hey i'm just canceling you out of my life it's like now you've established you know uh i, I guess a repertoire with that person and they're like okay that's that's like you know for in my case it's like that's ben that's that'll forever be ben like he's gonna work hard he'll he's gonna be honest you know very blunt like he may say things that you may not like but sure. he, he's they're going to be truthful you know what I mean it's not like I'm I'm not I'm not just whatever gonna you know not say what I what I feel you know what sure. I mean but that doesn't mean like I'm just I'm, I'm literally just talking right there but I'm just saying like whatever be who you are and then you know, hopefully that's a good, a good version of, of a, of a, a human. And then, you know, that's how you get opportunities, I guess, you know, it's like, it doesn't, as my mom always said, good attitudes get rewarded. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, you know, I think, I think just being, being nice to people in general, like, you know, as somebody who, who listened self-admittedly was, was, and has been an asshole, you know, through my early to mid twenties and stuff, you know, and, and it took a lot of time to realize the reasoning behind that. And, you know, a lot of that was self-consciousness, anxiety, depression, and, and not feeling good about who I was as a person. And that manifested itself into not necessarily being nice to every person I met. And then, you know, you hit a point of personal peace, so to speak, or self-realization where you realize, you know, where the, where the root of your issue stemmed from and, it allows you to kind of be, you know, more analytical and just a nicer person. So even if I don't truly like somebody these days, I'm not overtly an asshole to them. You know, if I'm forced to interact with them, if I don't have to interact with them, I won't. But um, I just think that, you know, you will find yourself in more opportunities and not even just job opportunities, you know, fun opportunities, travel opportunities, whatever, just by being nice to people and, and, you know, listening to their story. There's a, there's another aspect of that where it's like, you can learn a lot from somebody, 
you know, that maybe has been through a similar experience to you or, or slightly different that can put their perspective into your life. And, you know, if you take their words to heart, maybe you won't make the same mistake twice and, and, you know, learn from their up or their, uh, their mistake, what have you. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, we've talked about before, it's like, you know, you learn, you learn by, you know, going through a, a certain situation, you know, whether it's financial or, or whatever. So it's like, you know, the same thing. It's like, you learn, you learn just by, you know, viewing other or like listening to other people's stories or whatever. It's like, you know, of course you may not completely, it may not completely ring with you until it like happens to you. But it's like, yep. if you can start to, you know, learn essentially by not making mistakes, you know, then you're going to be even that much better off. And and that may just be like listening to older people or, listening to younger people. You know what I mean? It's like, don't like people forget, like, think about us as, okay, so we're 30. Anyone who's listening, how many times have you been like, um, oh, they're old. They don't even know. Like, they don't get it. Like that's outdated to them. Right. Well, well, listen to the younger kids. You know what I mean? It's like, if, if a kid is like telling, talking about a trend, you know what I mean? If if a seven-year-old kid, I know kids aren't really earning in school right now, but if a seven-year-old comes up to you and shows you a toy and is like, every single person wants this toy and is playing with this toy. Well, guess what we need to do as 30-year-olds? We need to figure out who makes that toy, what company makes that toy, and go freaking invest in it or something. Because... If this little kid's telling you that every single kid wants one, then that's telling me that that's going to be one of those, you know, companies that goes from nothing to, oh my God, if you bought so-and-so back then. So it's like, you know, here, I just tied that to a financial uh, thing, but it's just like, you know, look like, you know, ask questions and, and, um, you know, seek knowledge from, from everywhere. It's like, you never know. I think uh, an important aspect of that too is not only listen to the younger generation, listen to the older generation. Like my, my, I'm blessed to have all four of my grandparents still be alive. Um, my dad's parents, I, I talk to, you know, very regularly. I had uh, lunch with my grandmother back in, uh, in January I just for, for her birthday. You know, I had told her I wanted to take her out to lunch one-on-one her birthday's in December, which is, you know, one of the busiest months of the year for me for work. So, you know, we, we pushed it back until January and we, we went out and grabbed lunch in January. Um, she's 84 years old, sharp as a tack, still drives, you know, still handles all of her business. Um, sweet Marie. She's, she's a killer. She, I hope to be as mentally sharp as she is when, when I'm 84, but it's interesting because like, as a kid growing up, you always view your grandparents as like, you know, ah, they're old people, you know, they, like you said, they don't really get it. And the more I've talked to her as I've gotten older, the more I've learned from her in the sense that like, she's very acutely aware of what's going on. She may not, it may not resonate with her because it's not her generation. and, And, you know, she's past that point in her life but she is acutely aware of what's going on. And she's so just fucking wise, you know, like all the mistakes that, that I've made in my life, she's made in some capacity and he's, was able to like coach me through them and stuff. And, you know, there's something about just trusting people who, who are older than you um, and have gone through it. 
you know, listen, listen to other people and their experiences. I really don't know how the fuck we got here. I mean, we were just talking about nature and spiritual homes and now we're talking about listening to old people and young kids, man. Hey, we're listening Fucking to our hearts, man. This Sunday conversation, huh? Um, but well, yeah, I mean, dude, honestly, that's, that's probably as good a place as any to wrap it up. I mean, we've been talking for a, a decent amount of time now and I think it's just kind of flown by, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll pick this up back next week. We'll check in on kind of how your, your first week out there was. And, uh, and, uh, Hey man, enjoy the rest of your day. Good talk, buddy. I love you. Love you too, Aaron. We'll, right, uh, we'll be in touch.